This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. I take it I'm starting again. <laughs> that would that would that would st- <laughs> I'm starting again. Okay, I'm starting again. Start all one thirteen. 113, just let a long pause go there, hoping that Old Man River would take over. Because I don't say this too often. Some days, man. I mean, yeah. some days, it just, you got to, you know, just hate putting on the face. You know, let's go pretend to be happy to talk to Craig. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You know what? I mean, it feels, uh, I guess what's in my mind is the most exciting part of the playoffs for the, I think was the first round. I enjoyed the first round and every, every uh, series from then on, like the, I mean, watching these series, it's just, uh, I don't think it's been, it's been great. Um, you know, Edmonton is really flat. I just don't think that they're anywhere near, they have no business being where they are right now. And I know Connor McDavid and, Leon Dreisaitl have done some wonderful things in the playoffs, but uh, they don't they don't deserve to be in a, in a conference final. They're not anywhere close to it. I I don't I I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy. So I'm not even going to make my my uh, my comment where people are just going to be completely rolling their eyes. But it just seems like everybody and everybody likes one another. It just seems like everybody's just kind of like, you know, there's a little Chevy pushy and this and that it's, but there's nothing, there's nothing that I think at times back when I played it, it, it felt like you're in a war zone. It really did. It just felt so different than what I'm watching right now. And uh, so listen, you think I mean, the league is there's not enough hatred. No, I think I think, um, you know, when I grew up playing against very young friends, peers of mine, um, I didn't have the ability to tweet, text, FaceTime, you know, this, that and the other. It seems like every one of these young guys, they, they all know each other. Mm-hmm. They all know each other from I don't know what it is, just social media or growing up together or flying into certain camps before their NHL camp and they get mm-hmm. to know each other and now they're all buddies. And it's just, it's, it's just one big happy place in the NHL right now. It's just a, and, and the, you know, listen, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We're getting some great hockey. We've had more skill than I've ever seen before. Like these players, these young players are just are incredible are incredible. We're, we're, we're getting to watch, you know, players in the making right now, like the Kale McCars, like, I mean, Kale McCarr is pretty young, pretty young buck. What is he? 22, 23, 24 years old. And we're getting to watch some pretty amazing things out of this kid, you know, and it's, you can go through every single team in the league. They have young guys that are not only just young, great players, they're leading their teams. That's the difference. When I played, you had a young star. He was on the third line still. He didn't get all the power play time. You had to wait. There was a pecking order. 
there's no pecking order anymore in this league. It's you are going to get what you deserve right away. I don't care the minute you step on the ice, you're, you're getting number one power play time. Now, that's not because you deserve it. It's because of your potential and what maybe your capabilities are. That's, that's what I, that's well, what I see. In, how many years has Zegras been in the league? Well, this is his first. He's up for rookie okay. of the year. So, so did, did he deserve the power play time he got this year, or do you think that he just got it because, you know, he had potential? No, I, I think he got it because he has the talent and potential yeah. and, and, and that's, that Schneider and, defenseman from. And, yeah, and, and, and I think you're angry. Detroit. I think you're angry about it. No, Not ang- no, 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 no. I don't think you're angry about it. I think you're, are you having a hard time accepting it? Because I, I see this now where I'm just thinking to myself, like, go back. It started. It was Derek Roy's generation where that started. You know, yeah. I was never that guy where obviously I had to earn my ice time. But where I was did a Derek fourth, Roy play in his first line guy? Where did he play in his first year? He played in the American League. Are you talking about what line? No, I'm talking even when he made the NHL. What line did he play on? First? No, it might have been like the third line with uh, with, with uh, another guy. Vanek. How many goals he scored that year? 25. 25, 26, like and 60 Vanek points. And Pominville, maybe. And they played on one line. They played in the. He played. Yeah, but he was line. getting first line power play minutes, or he was getting power play time and and penalty kill time, and like those guys were getting that time. It's not like it's not like they just sat on the third line and played twelve minutes a night. They were getting yeah, but power I, they play. didn't get first power play time. Maybe not first, because but they were getting power play time. Okay, but big fucking deal. There's big difference between first line and power power play and second line. You get a minute 30 on the first line power play and you get 30 seconds on the second line power play. Okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't but, know. I, but what I'm saying is the kids nowadays are are on the first power play. And that's a problem? Is that a problem to you? Um it's not a problem because if they if if they deserve it and the kids are more skilled now than they've ever been like these these kids, like you look at JJ Paterka, what he did in the minors, and and Jack Quinn, what he did in the minors, and uh, you just you watch, you know, Erasmus Dahlin and and what he did in his first year as as a young defenseman. I'm just talking about the players here in Buffalo. Like these young players are have a different mindset. When I came to camp. I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I gave respect to the older players, okay? And, and, and you have to understand something. I gave respect knowing and hoping that they would respect me back. If I didn't get respect back, then it was a completely different ballgame in my thinking. From a young guy. From a young guy. I will fucking kill you. I don't give a shit who you are. Okay, let me ask you something. As the captain or one of the captains and veteran guys on the team later in your career, when you have a first overall pick or a second overall pick or a first-round pick, were you calling them to welcome them to the team? No. 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 
The answer is absolutely no. Dylan Cousins gets drafted seventh overall. I'm using Buffalo as an example. And fucking Jack Eichel calls him and says, hey, you know, welcome to the, to the organization. What? What is that? Why is your captain and all your veteran guys calling these kids out of junior or college that have never even, they don't even have NHL workout clothes? It's like, it's like honest to God, like we're like, I, I, where's the cutoff on the call? Honest top five, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Where's the cutoff on, on a call? Are you going to call the 15th overall pick? Are you going to call the 27th overall pick? Welcome, uh, George from uh, Moose Draw, Saskatchewan. Can't wait to have you at camp. Uh, see you at camp. Uh, train hard. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, like, you're, you're a right-handed defenseman? Oh, great. Well, I'm going to really help you out. Fuck you. I'm going to kill you, kid. That's what I thought. You're not taking my job, buddy. When did that start? That's a, that's an example of the game changing, in my opinion. What are you laughing at over there? Because I don't know who's calling these guys. I don't know. Is the team wanting like the captain to go and call a guy? I don't know. Like I like how about that kid comes to camp a little nervous. That's a good thing. Instead of giving them and making them feel really, really comfortable all the time, like they have their entire fucking hockey lives. These kids, it's a different breed. It's a I don't different think breed of kid. That's not the generation anymore. I think the generation is these first round picks. Like it's starting to me to be more like football, where first and second rounders are guaranteed to play in the league, maybe even third rounders. Like, I think they're guaranteed. Simple as that. Like, back when I was a second rounder, or guys were drafted third, fourth, fifth rounder, there was zero, zero, zero guarantee that you were even going to sign your entry-level deal. Now these kids, they all sign their entry-level deal, like, fresh out of the draft. Fresh out of, you know, like, it's, it's, it just is, it's all so easy. It's, anyway. Before Elliot comes on here, you know what else is easy? All Patrice Bergeron has to do is lace up skates for a majority of the season, and he gets a he gets a token Selkie nomination, and he even gets to win it five times. Four of them, four of them, I would say, definite, definite wins. But you seem to feel a little differently on number what on record number five. Joke. Elliot votes on this, correct? Uh, yeah, I think he does. Can't wait to see. Uh, okay. Let's calm yourself, Craig. Well, what's the problem? What's the fucking problem? What do you mean, what's the problem? Bergeron had 25 point goals last year and 65 points. He was at plus 26. Okay. It's a pretty good year. And people are right now going to be like, this isn't about points. This is about defense. Alexander Barkov is literally the best defender in the league right now. He's on every penalty kill with Lindell, a 20-year-old kid, every single every single penalty kill. He is out there. He's playing against the other players' best lines every single night. He ended up in 67 games 
which is six less games than Bergeron, six less. He had 39 goals, 88 points, plus 36. How can you tell me that Patrice Bergeron at, you know, 46 is still the best defending player in the league? I don't have an answer for you. That's it's a why. Fucking I, joke, man. It's a joke. You think Barkoff deserved it that much? Absolutely, no question about it. Okay. I I and I don't know how he did not get more votes. Okay, is it because he played on the best team in the National Hockey League? Is it because he played on the best team in the National Hockey League? Is he that why? Finish, but he didn't even finish second, Craig. I know. I'm, Elias I'm, Lindholm came second. There is a bit of a discrepancy here because you have Elias Lindholm. 160 first place votes for Patrice Bergeron. Uh, 21 for Lindholm, 10 for Barkov. Elias Lindholm this year? In 82 games, he played all the games. 42 goals. 82 points plus 61. Pretty good. Playing against the best players in the National Hockey League. Playing in all the top defensive situations in the, in his, in the league. Can you explain to me how Patrice Bergeron is getting this vote? Maybe I could give you one reason. Go ahead. Some would say that he is playing in arguably the most offensive division. Florida, Tampa, Toronto. Does that not matter? I'm trying to find anything. I'm grasping at straws here. So if that doesn't work for you, tell me. But could that be the case? Because, I mean, I don't know. Is Calgary in the best division or the toughest division? I don't think so. L.A., Vegas, Arizona, San Jose. Who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out? Vancouver. Yeah, Edmonton's there. And then... And, you know, you got uh, Barkov is third in that. That's a great. That's a great point. All those powerhouse teams, right? Where's Where's Barkov play? I know, well, I know that was my that was my next point. Is he's he's in the same he's in the same division as uh, as Bergeron? Yeah. So I, I don't well, know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's the players that. Who's on the better team? With. Who's on the better team? Like some would say, Florida's the well, better. Is it team. on the better team, or is it who's on a who's on the better line? Because because Brad Marchand and Pasternak have really fallen off this year. They and and Bergeron really dominated and took them to another level. <sighs> unbelievable! It's unbelievable. I I do, I watched all. I watched all of the the awards up to this date. This one here is a joke. People are going to be like, well, is this, is this for scoring? Is this for defending? And for me, I think Barkoff is, 
is is clearly one of the top in the league. He's been uh, he's been one of the top defensive players in the league for a long time. But let's see who Elliot Friedman voted for. Craig, shut up with the small talk. We only got twenty minutes with the king here, <laughs> and not and I don't mean I don't. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean the other analyst there, Henrik Lundqvist. I mean Elliot Friedman. What's going on? No, no, man, he's the king. I am. I am definitely. If you put the two of us together, he's much more kingly. But he's not. No, no, just great analysis. Yes. Not very entertaining. He's very mod. Like he's TV, he's cool hand Luke. TV's not his thing, man. He's he's no, not no. his. Don't say that. He, he needs like he just needs more reps. Like I, I've watched him. I know what you're saying, Andrew. But I just think the more he does it, the more comfortable he'll get, and more will come out of it. Like okay. I won't be. I wouldn't be surprised if, like for example, let's just say Rick Tockett leaves the TNT panel to go to coach somewhere. Like to me, he's the kind of he's a kind of natural potential replacement. And you put him on that group with like a Bissonette and maybe a Gretzky, and I think his personality will come out a bit more. Okay. All right. All right. I like your analysis there. Um, and they wanted to bring in the lady friends to uh, watch the intermission uh, stuff, right? Do you know how so, many guys? That's what I'm there for, Craig. That's there what you I'm go. There for. Do you know how many guys, uh, wives I know, that's like he is their free pass? I believe it. I completely believe that. Like yes. he is, he <laughs> has to be like any, any guy that watches hockey and they're married. Their wives want a free pass with Hank. Hank, there's no question. No question. Uh, yes, I, I could definitely see that. Put it. Yes, I, I mean, look, he's a he's a specimen. All right, let's just say that. There's no late bloomer too, because if you go look back at his draft picture, you know, over the years he's kind of progressed and grown in, into this this gorgeous king that we 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 see on TV now. Um, you know what, Andrew? You can divide the world into two groups of people. Those who peaked in high school and those who didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Me neither. I, I peaked just after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of peaking, we want to take a peek at your uh, Selkie votes because, sure. because Craig, and be very careful, you might even want to lie. So guess, okay. appropriate, no, guess, lying. guess appropriately here. Uh, what was your voting um, st- uh, situation? For the five, five, Aho, four, Barkov. I I can see the look. At, I I see the look already. Eyes just perked up. Okay, keep three, going. Three, Dino. Okay. Two, Lindholm. Oh, Berger. Bergeron one, didn't get a vote from you? No, one Bergeron. I'm just joking. Yeah, we yeah. knew that. Uh-oh. All right. Uh-oh. Take- well, okay, okay. Okay, tell me what you don't like. What are you talking I, about? I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to leave no, it to no, my, I, my esteemed looking, colleague here. I'm not looking at you. I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at Riv. I can see the – this is like when my dad was mad at me when I was a kid. Like, I'm in oh, big holy. trouble. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Those are the I, I, I want to know yeah. how. Okay. How – like – 160 people voted him with the first ballot. Yeah. Elias Lindholm was number 21. He had 21. Yeah. And Alexander Barkov had 10. Yeah. How? I'll how t- is t- this not how is this not so much closer? 
Oh, so the issue is not that Bergeron won. It's that yeah, it is. It, was... it still is. It still is. I I do not think. I don't think that he. Um, I shouldn't say deserved to win because the guy is the guy is truly one of the greatest. You, you just def- feel it was it's more in dispute than the voting turned out to be. Hundred percent. Okay, that's fair. Like if no you were to tell that. me that Bergeron was two or even three, I would I would have absolutely no problem. But to have him win. Again, thirteenth time he's been what in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's won the most now with with five Selkie Trophy votings, mm-hmm. and he overwhelmingly had fir- had first uh, ballot votings. And I'm just like, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, where's the justification, Elliot? Where where do you sure. come down to that point? Sure, I'll, I have no I have no problem explaining that. Um, if there is uh, I think this is a this is a, a statistical analysis slash analytics vote. And I will say to you, Craig, that you are not the only person who feels this way. Um, you know, Kelly Rudy, uh, who is does the flames in addition to hockey night, he thought that Lynn Holmes should have won. Uh Craig Conroy, who works for the Flames, uh, felt very strongly that this should have been Lynn Holmes here. Um, there is some analytics work that says that Bergeron had an unbelievable season, like one of the great defensive seasons of all time. And there's one uh, graph out there that if you, basically it says that if you take a look at the amount of expected goals he was on for and the amount of the expected goals he was on against, he is in a class by himself this season. And I think that's the reason. So, some people made a very, very strong analytical case for Bergeron that obviously a lot of us as voters accepted. That's the reason. Well, Craig, your emotions will just have to settle for a graph. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, I, I will say this. I think about this all the time. And there's the difference between what the eyes see and what the numbers say. And sometimes the eyes win and sometimes the numbers win. This was a case where I think the the numbers won. Did the numbers the win? analytics numbers suck? I didn't tell you that right now. I for me, Greg I just watched, argued watched, argued in favor of analytics on Thursday, no, Elliot. So no, no, no. I said you can always you, you should always have analytics because mm-hmm. you you need to understand everything. Okay, mm-hmm. but I watched for me cut it, it it's strikes a chord because i've watched probably 50 games this year yeah. of of Barkov play the guy had 88 points this year mm-hmm. 39 goals in 63 games this 15 games you would have been over 100 points as one of the best defending centermen in the game he yeah. plays against the hardest lines just like bergeron he is on the first penalty kill with a with a 20 year old uh, um, who's the Finnish kid? Uh, um, you just don't want to take a crack at his name. That's an easy name. Um, oh my God, I cannot. Uh, okay, anyway, he's he's in the twenty year old. No, in in Florida. Oh, Lusterine. No, no, no. He oh, was Lundell, Lindell. 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 Yeah, so sorry, yeah. he, Barkov is killing penalties every single time. Lindell and Barkoff are on the ice first. They kill 
against all the top penalty kills in the league at the end of games. He's the guy taking draws. I would love to know Barkoff's um, face-off percentage because I know Bergeron, Bergeron was number one in the league. Okay, he usually is, right? 61%. Um, like, he was dominant this year. Do you dominant. know Do you know what, like, um, uh, Lindholm and, and uh, um, Barkoff were? I'll tell, I'll check, I'll tell you right now. I'll look it up right now. But I just look at, I, I look at this guy, I look at Barkoff and I'm like, this guy is an absolute dominant specimen. He played six less games than Bergeron and had 40, 39 goals and 88 points. It, it's, and he's, and he's truly one of the, I just don't know why he is not ranked higher. I don't know why. He only well, got he, 10 he, first he, place votes. He, yeah. You know, I, I, like he won it last year. Like, I don't think you can say that people are prejudiced against this guy or anything like that. I, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can argue that people are prejudiced against Barkov. I mean, he won it last year. Um, like, look, like there's the bottom line is there's, there's great players in this league. There are phenomenal players in this league and nobody like that's the thing that sometimes about voting that drives me crazy is that actually I started joking about it. I, whenever I revealed my ballot, I wrote that if I didn't vote for your players because I hate you, your team and your favorite player, like people take it as a prejudice or a dislike or a bias against players. That's at least for me, it's never it. It's there's great players in this league. Bergeron is is one of the all-time great defensive players. Well, one of the all-time great players. When he retires three years later, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He will. And, be. and it's not that you know anybody dislikes Barkov or is anything against Barkov. Like I said, he won it last year. It's just okay, so. Just, did they? It's just did they put Bergeron a great season. Excellent point. He had a great season. Not yeah. an amazing season. No, he had an amazing season. He had no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He, he had 65 points. He had 25 what? goals in, in Ber- 73 games. Bergeron's never been a guy who's put up a billion points. Fucking Barkoff passed that at game 50. Doesn't matter. This is the best defensive player award. The best exactly. way forward. And Bergeron is it. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we put that to bed. Jesus. Okay. Sorry, Ellie. We have 20 minutes with you, and we just spent 10 on the Selkie. Why did Kane only get one game, and why did Kane get a game at all? What? Yeah. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> another one. That's. Go ahead, Elliot. <laughs> no, no. Well, there's a couple things here. First of all, the, the... analytics say that he should only no. get one game. No, that's not true. So everybody's mad here. The Avalanche are mad because they don't think he got enough. And the Oilers are mad because Hagel got nothing and King got one. So I look at it this way. Uh, one game in the conference final is how many in the regular season? Four. It's a big suspense. And they're, and they're down three zip, right? And two, and he's guy, been their best player. Of what? No, that's that's no, an over. No, third? no, he is not. No, fourth, he hasn't. fourth, best. Nice he's, try there. He's up there, but he's not. Well, he's got best 13 player. goals. Christ, he's I mean, play, let's he's throw the guy really well. He's no, he's played extremely well, but he's not their best player. No, nah, that was an overstatement by a long shot. But you the know, the other thing, too, is I don't understand people who say the injury shouldn't matter. I don't get that in in, in the world. 
Andrew, if you go punch somebody in the face at the grocery store and they get hurt, your punishment is much greater than if they don't get hurt. Well, they're getting hurt. They won't because <laughs> he's, he throws muffins. <laughs> well, you would never fight me, so you wouldn't know. I thought in a different league. Is, I thought this is exactly what was going to happen was Kadri got hurt. He broke his thumb. He might be out for the year. Probably is. King was getting a suspension. You guys what? disagree with that? I think he should be out for the rest of the playoffs. He might be. And Hagel yeah. should have been out for the rest of the playoffs. No, I his, don't necessarily think you're wrong. His hit. Petey. When that happened a week and a half ago or whatever, mm-hmm. you were that livid. is the most livid. dangerous hit in in the in all of hockey. Yeah. Okay. All the parents at home watching with their little kids right now are sick to their stomach because you're thinking that could happen to my kid. And the result of that hit, nothing happened to that uh, that player from from Florida. Okay. Nothing happened to him. Mm-hmm. But there is some serious damage that can happen when you're going in a hundred miles an hour and you get hit from behind and shoved into the boards and both those two plays out of any play, that is the play that should be out of hockey. I would be, if I was running this league, those two players and every player, every single player will know that that is something that will not happen. In this you should league. not be able to put your stick across any player's back anywhere on the ice. Uh, no. Even open ice. Cross checks, stuff like that, no problem. You're flying in 100 miles an hour to the boards and you give a guy a shot from behind, you are getting suspended. And I mean, everybody's going to know it and feel the pain and go, holy shit, that is something that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Are the Oilers I, done, I, I, Elliot? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like their. I, I I would play McDavid forty minutes tonight. He'd play two out of every three shifts. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So earlier in the year, you know, we were saying, um, you know, if the Oilers miss the playoffs, uh, you know, could you see McDavid asking for a trade? And you're like, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm not ready to go there yet. Does this season eliminate that in uh, completely for you? What, like McDavid asking for a trade? No, yeah, just getting to the point where people will wonder if he wants out. Forget about him asking. I mean, I know this really sucks right now that they could get swept in the Western final, but this is the most successful season they've had. Why would he Why would he ask to be traded now? Because he's the only fucking guy doing anything except for Dreisaitl. The team sucks. <laughs> what, what, what happened to you? Archibald, <laughs> Ryan, Cassian. Holy RV, has he even played a game? This, this, is he here? Is he back in Finland? I swear to God. What, Barry, what, you think what you're gonna win? This, you think you're gonna win to with uh, Tyson Barry? Think you're gonna win with Tyson Barry? No, no, you're not. Like, I mean, you just go through their team, and then you finally get to like a couple guys at the end, like where you see McDavid, Dreisaitl, Evander Kane, and Hyman. Maybe throwing a Nugent Hopkins. I mean. So what are you saying, Craig? Are you, are you, you're understanding my question? They got a 45-year-old goaltender that's past his prime by 10 years mm-hmm. that's trying doing his best, but he is not at the same level as a lot of these goaltenders that are playing right now. They do not have goaltending. 
Their defense core is actually. I gotta tell you something. You can't blame Smith for this. I know that he's a no. Wild you can't. Man. He's 100%. played great. He has played great. He has. Yeah, but you need him to make that comfort yes. save. Yes, he does. So you he can't go and save. say, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. But then he lets in that muffin. That's the muffin where you're like, okay, we got him. Like he's yeah. You're right, Andrew. I, I will say to you, it's the full Mike Smith experience. Like he makes unbelievable saves. He because he had made incredible saves, and then that was a bad goal. So you're saying, okay, so I had to ask the question if that eliminated the McDavid wants out of Edmonton. Because I've seen it, Elliot. I'm not even joking when I say that. That's not me asking. That's me saying or reading like people thinking that, oh, yeah, so does this end the McDavid wants out of Edmonton rumors? And I'm sitting there thinking exactly what Craig's thinking. Like, well, do they act, does he actually believe that they can win and continue to build off this next year? And I, I don't know that the answer is is absolutely yes, but... It sucks. <laughs> they have well, no depth. Their defense is... is they're, they're not anywhere near the top defense uh, I, cores in the league. I actually think their defense is going to get better. I know Bouchard, that looked terrible at the end of the game the other day, but he, he's a young player who I think will get better. Um, you know, Nurse is playing really hurt. Um, I think he'll be better. Um, you know, but, after, they, they, but again, Elliot, after that, it's like Cody CC. I'm like, I don't know. Cody like, CC has played very well. Oh, great. And uh, Duncan Keith is like, how old is he? Yes, he's older. He's Look, he, I, I don't think the guy is asking for a trade. Put it that way. You don't ask for a trade after a season like this one. Come on. All right. I I, I don't disagree with you, but I I mean I I didn't even have to ask the question, but I just I don't know. I just I no, look at Edmonton I, and I you think know, it's it's funny, Andrew. Someone else asked me that the other day. Do you think this guy's gonna ask for a trade? I was like, what? Like I, I thought he might have asked for a trade if they would have kept missing the playoffs, but they're in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I, I, so, I, here's the best part. How do you continue to build your team moving forward? You know, I look at the Oilers here. Okay, let's look at the Oilers cap situation, all right? Yeah. Okay. Not good. Well, hold on. Who's coming off? Koskinen comes off, thank God. Well, Koskinen comes off. Um, what's his name comes off? Uh Koskinen comes off. I mean, Pugliarvi will be an interesting one because he's arbitration. Um, you know, they'll got, so that'll be an interesting one. What are they going to do with Kane? Tourist number comes off. Um, Yamamoto's got a sign. Yeah, he's Tra- got arbitration rights too. Um, trade, please. Who you trade Yamamoto? 100%. Okay. Um, Jesse Pugliarvi. Gone. That'll be that'll be an interesting one. That'll be an interesting one. And Koskinen comes off. Yeah, they're tight. I mean, there's no question they've got to make good decisions around around them. But you're not asking for a trade after a season like this one. Like it's just not happening. Well, it's Unless not even about, something... it's not even about asking for the trade. It's mm-hmm. about it's about your team looking at you and going, okay, so we're gonna trade basically uh, Wayne Gretzky number two. Okay, he's the best player in the league. He's the face of the he's the face of the league. This, that, and the other. If you go to trade, if you're a team that's trading for Connor McDavid, do you know how much you're going to have to give to get this guy? 
It would he, crush an not, organization. He's not getting traded. I'm saying if there was ever an opportunity to trade Connor McDavid, the asking price would be a you know organization crushing trade because you're going to get Connor McDavid, but you're going to lose everything. So if if Buffalo was to trade for Connor McDavid, what do you think it would cost them? Oh my God, are we doing this? Yeah, why not? This is your market. All three first this year. Colleen. <laughs> no, that's not good enough. You, you want I, high I, first. You don't want the. I said first. for openers. Just. Yeah. Darlene, yeah. Yes, you're gonna, for sure. You're going to have power. Darlene. No. Uh, or, yeah. One, yeah, one, one of those two. two. You're probably, it's going to be Darlene. Yeah. You're probably looking at um, Cage Thompson. You're looking at uh, the 16th and the ninth this year and the first rounder it's going to be next year so that's three first rounders although although you think with mcdavid that next year's first rounder isn't going to be as good you're hoping you would hope so probably quinn probably cousins 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 a western canadian guy right yeah He's in it for sure. You're, yeah. You're, and then you're going to probably take like J.J. Paterka, which I mean could be the best out of all of the entire group. I think I'm still making that deal, boys. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. I'm making that deal. Um, Elliot, I, we know you don't have much time. Today. We got, we no, got, we got a we minute got a and a half. More, we got a few more minutes. Let's, what else do you want to do? I want to know what, what you're... What else, what else is pissing off Grandpa Craig today? <laughs> Seriously, I eh? this is how it's been from the start. Like even before we hit record, it's like it's it, and it's only it's about fucking Barkov. That's what believe, I can't understand. I like, can't believe Patrice Bergeron got a hundred and sixty first place vote. As soon know, as I saw I, that, I, I I think that's a fair argument. We maybe too many of us voted for him. It's possible, but like there's no bias here. The guys are deserving. Do not honor. discuss this with us, Elliot, and we could do I this did. together next time. Sure, uh, no problem. I'll do. A, I'll go over my ballot with you next year before I do it. What are um, some secrets that you can let out of the bag for us today? Geez, secrets. Like, what kind of secrets do you want to know? Coaching. What's the uh, coaching carousel look like? I, I saw I, I, Savard I, versus I, McKee last night in Hamilton. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Hamilton won. Uh, they lost game one. They won game two, and now it goes back to Windsor. So it's one-one. Mm-hmm. Um. I like both those guys. I, I would be happy to see both those guys get a shot. Um, I, you know, like, I think we're all waiting on trots. Still. Uh, I, and I is, is still there a place that he's leaning? Are you hearing? Look, some people think Vegas. Some people think Philly. Um, you know, the, the one Winnipeg, I think he's interested. I just, I, I don't know. I know Winnipeg's really interested. I think it, I think it's most likely going to be one of those three teams with the wild card if he coaches. Unless he says, "Look, I'm not coaching." I think it's going to be one of those three teams with the wild card of Detroit. With the wild card of Detroit, um, I think that. But I, but again, like when I last checked on Saturday and I called around, people told me he wasn't ready to make a decision yet. Um, his family. And, and what makes you what makes you think that he has to make this decision right now? You know, we're he doesn't we're June, have to. Yeah, like we're June six. It's you know when when is his timeline? When do you think it's a it's a normal timeline? Does he need to be there for the uh, NHL draft? 
I don't know. To me, it's free agency. If you're going out to make, or the other thing, it could be the draft. If you're thinking of swinging a big trade there that brings somebody in, like you're what you're going to want to be able to say to a player, like, this is the coach you're going to be playing for. I think, I think the free agency for sure. And the draft, depending on what you're thinking of doing. I just see him in Vegas. I think the Vegas golden Knights are a team that just got crushed with, with so many injuries last mm-hmm. year with from their defense to their forwards to their goaltending. I think that the Vegas is the closest team to really competing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think they can be very, very good team next year. And I just, you know, Barry Trotz, he's at a point where how, how old is he right now? 60, 60 some, maybe just a little over 60. Yep. Um, he's been coaching a really, really long time. And at what point are you, are you coaching to coach for, for championships? And I think, I think Vegas Golden Knights is, is the closest to that. I think if there's an issue with Vegas, there's been so much turnover in the last couple of years in terms of players and everything that I think people are some, some people I'm not speaking for trots, but I've heard some people are a little bit wary. Now we've heard that. Where did we hear that Riv where somebody was saying, well, look at, just look at all the change. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I don't think you have to hear it anywhere. You can just look at the picture. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's not even something that I thought of. And someone brought that point up. They're like, look at Vegas. They have, they have changed over. They have three players there from maybe like the original team. If, yeah. if three, and that was just like uh four years ago. So yeah. Yeah, that's someone else brought that point up too about turnover and and the inconsistency and even the fans were getting pissed off about it cuz all the players were being turned over so much. Um what's a big story you're working on? Uh for me right now at this time of year it's it's more the playoffs. So we're trying to figure out like I said what's going to happen with uh it, it's it's trying to figure out what's going to happen with the coaching and also just watching on the playoffs. Then we'll see at the end of this what happens starts happening with some of the players. Oh, I know I did mention on Saturday night, I think Chicago has like everybody open except for the three guys with the no trades, Kane Taves and Seth Jones. Well, then everyone's not open. I don't understand. Well, the guys without clauses. But but are they going to be asked to uh waive those no movements? Not as far as we know yet. Well, you need to start digging. Her. Could you <laughs> see Buffalo making a play for Evander Kane? Why would Why would you guys do that? Maybe not this year, but next year. Would Would you guys want Evander Kane back? Or not Evander Kane? Sorry, Patrick Kane. Sorry. Yeah, I I could see the possibility of it. Would he, do you think he'd want to come home? No. Well, then, I mean that that de- that depends on what it comes down to, right? I think he would. I think he would definitely come back here and play. Why not finish out his career in Buffalo? Sure. I think. I think. I'm sure. Always... Being in this city, like Vander Kane, walking around this city is like Patrick he'd be sticking out, or a Patrick, he'd be sticking out like a sore thumb everywhere he goes. In Chicago, he probably walks around that city, and no one, no one knows who he is. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think no one, but I think they probably just leave him alone. Um, I'll tell you this: I think his goal was always to do his whole career as a Blackhawk. We'll see what happens now. There's big changes happening there. So what? So what? How does that? When you when you say that you said 
Chicago has everybody on the table that doesn't have the the clauses in their contract. Does anything there pertain to Buffalo? Uh, does Buffalo want? Is Buffalo interested in any Chicago players? Yeah. What? Yeah. Are, yeah. The, Which one? Okay. Okay. So now you're now you're playing this game with us. No, no, I'm asking you, who are you talking about here? Well, who are you hearing about here? I haven't heard anybody. I mean, the one everybody's talking about is Dabrinkat. Craig? I like it a lot. What about him? I they like don't, that a lot. They're willing to move on from him, Elliot? Uh, I think they will at least listen. Do we even have the cap space for that, Petey? You guys have a billion dollars in cap space. Thank you. <laughs> so we do. So, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, it looks like we have a bit of a better series with the uh, Rangers Tampa, but yeah, uh, it was a great game yesterday. I, I did not see the Edmonton, Colorado one going the way that it's going. No, I, I didn't either. I thought it would be closer than this. Think Tampa can pull this one off. I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I, I, um, I don't think that series is over at all. Not at all. Okay. Last question I have for you, Braid Point. What are we hearing here? Does he have any chance of coming back this year? I think there is a chance because he is skating, but I just heard it's not close. Do we know what he hurt? We believe it's like the groin hip kind of thing. Mm, that's not good. He had hip surgery last year. That's really not good. Great player. Oh, man, he's great. He's player. fantastic. Anyway, Elliot, thank you very much. Guys, you know, next week, Craig, could you be a little nicer to me? Like, just a little bit? Man, I just struggle. Like, it's just like I want to <laughs> spread the I want to spread the wealth a little bit. Like, you have this guy winning the same. And listen, Patrice Bergeron is the best defending player in the last, you know, 15 years. And he's consistently great at it. You're going to tell me that there's not other players that were as good as him at, at age 36. I mean, Al- Barkoff is in his prime. You have to give, you know, you know, a pat in the back to Elias. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just, um, and those, and these other players are producing incredible offensive statistics to go along with their defense. So I don't know. Anyway. Hey, what's the league projecting in revenue this year? They said five billion. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. That skyrocketed back to uh that's where they were projecting right before the pandemic. Weren't they hovering right? Weren't they thinking yeah. it'd be like right around so they yeah, so they're back. Oh, wow, good, good for them. them. Good. All right. All right, Elliot. Fantastic All right, guys. as always, man. Thank you very much. I had a great time with you. We'll speak next Monday. All right, buddy. Take See care. It. I think he likes when you're in a shitty mood. Eh? I, I think he likes when you press him. See, Elliot's the big dog around Sportsnet. So no one really, if you watch the broadcast, no one presses Elliot. Okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody has, has the guts to, to, uh, to push back on Elliot Friedman. And you, you, blew, I think he loves coming on here. Yeah. You blew f- eight minutes with him complaining about, Bergeron, so he's probably sitting there going like, "Ah, I feel bad for Andrew. I want to finish the show with this. A little bit of homegrown Buffalo stuff. 
We did our conversation last week on the show with Vanek. Okay, a lot of people listen to that episode. A lot of people like Vanek's analysis, by the way. Um, and they, they, I've had multiple tweets to my own account, but then they're also on the show account, which I know you see as well. People say, don't sleep on Rasmus Asplund because I don't factor him on to the team next year. They're like, Asplund is your best defensive forward, blah, 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 blah. And to me, I'm like, this team does not win more or lose more with Asplund on it next year, period, in my opinion. So, you know, like, I, I don't know how you feel, but people wanted, I had multiple on here. Can you talk about Asplund? Do you think he's a key piece to the Sabres? So here's your Sabres Asplund conversation. Go ahead. I say no. I think there are charts out there to go against my no, but again, I don't care about those charts. I've watched him play, watched him turn away from way too many checks on a four check. That's to me, if you watch these playoffs, you don't win games with guys that turn away on a four check period. End of story. Um, how do I answer this? How do I answer this one? Honestly, answer it honestly. Why would you change? Well, that's, that's not how, that's not how I'm thinking. I'm not thinking that I'm going to answer it. Honestly. I, I always answer honestly. I don't really care what people think. My, my concern is this. I feel that right now we have a pretty good idea of our top line, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner. Okay. Exceptionally, exceptional good year. And if those guys can start from day one together, wow. Then you have Cousins Krebs seem to be, they seem to have some chemistry. I really like the way I think the offensive part of their game has a much, much bigger ceiling. I think they're going to be much better next year. Cousins going into his third year. Krebs going into his second. They need a they need a right-handed shot. I have Jack Quinn going in there. Okay? Because when Jack Quinn got called up this year to play a couple games, he played with Cousins and Krebs. I think, I think Krebs was there, but he played with Cousins for sure. So that's another outstanding line. And then you have your next line with Casey Middlestad at center. I would love to see what Casey Middlestad is going to bring this team next year. Healthy. He was, and let's not forget, he was the best player at training camp to start the season. That's coming from Paul Hamilton, who watches every bloody practice, every scrimmage, everything. And Casey Middlestat, from what a lot of people were saying, was the number one guy at training camp next last year. Well, he got hurt in game one of the season. It, it, it's devastating. It's devastating for a player, okay? So to have Casey Middlestat come ne- back next year healthy and really hungry after watching what Tage Thompson did and what he, the opportunity that he got, then you need to fill in you need to fill in your left wing and right wing well is that going to be victor olison and asplin are those two that because that was a line to start uh, throughout the end of the season you had aspen playing with middlestat and olison for me i would like i would like 
different players there because J.J. Paterka might be ready to grab an NHL spot. And that's going to be his spot right there on the left-hand side with Middlestat. And now you need you need a top-end, high-energy. You need a, a skilled guy, but that plays a, a, a strong a strong forecheck, backcheck, everything type game. That is another line that is just breathtaking. And then you have Gergensen's Aposo on the wings. And you need a winger, or you have Gergensen play center next year. So I don't know. There's not a lot of room. That's the whole point. There is not a lot of room. There's 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 stuff that you can tinker with. Like, can you put Rasmus Asplin on a line with Gergensen and Oposo? I don't have a problem with it. I don't. It's not what I would do. It's not what I would want. At some point in time, you're going to need to have some guy in this lineup that has some balls that wants to, you know, be a, a little bit of a policeman, a protector. You look at all the all the teams in the league, whether it's Tampa Bay, they have toughness in their lineup. You look at the Rangers, they, you know, um, Chris Jury went out and got Barkley Goudreau. He went out and got Reeves. Just some guys to add some sandpaper to the lineup, and that has helped out that entire team. Here's the latest Asplund tweet. You guys should probably get on board with Asplund not being a similar player to what we already have. Dude's a great defensive forward. Okay, well, um, if you say so. Well, listen, uh, I mean, can, can, can he play center? Can he be in a situation that, you know, you take him because he can, he's a beautiful skater. He's got skills. He has speed, which is he's, first and foremost, is, most important in this league. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. But to me, he's just a, he's a bit of a, to me, he's just a, he's a bit of a faster version of uh, Larry. About uh, um, uh, don't mess with the Johan, Johan yeah. Larson. Yeah, um, I think a little bit more skilled than Larson. I think he has more upside offensively, even though he's a great defender too. Um, but um, that'll be interesting. I I don't see I don't see I don't see Rasmus Asman playing in an offensive role. I I really don't. He's a great defender and he's great to have. But the way this team is looking and projected to look like, I mean, we're going to have three very offensive lines, very offensive lines with, with a, with the, your lat. I'm not even call it the fourth line because it can't be the fourth line with Gergensen, Oposo and, and Asplin. I mean, that could be a very, very strong line. Well, anyway, someone asked us about Asplin. He had 27 points this year. I don't know if you were aware of that, but I mean, he had hit 27 points this year, but again, you know, the team was, the team missed the playoffs. So, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. That doesn't matter to me. I, you need to see him. He didn't do enough. He did not do enough away from the, the puck. puck 
right? Did we just say that at the same time? He has the puck it's, on his stick for about 40 seconds, maybe even 30 seconds out of an entire game. Okay. 30 seconds. The rest of the 14 minutes he's on the ice, you got to make sure you're doing something, whether it's physically, whether it's a four check where you're, you're driving the net hard and getting in front of the other team's goaltender and maybe taking a little bit of a beating to stay there. But we need guys that want to do what it takes to be successful. And to be successful in this league, you're going to have to go to some tough areas, okay? Not everybody's Alex Ovechkin who's blowing one-timers from the top of the circle. A lot of these guys have to go to the front of the net, and they have to screen goaltenders, and that adds opportunity to score goals. And I think, you know, listen, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, Rasmus Asplin is, is uh, not that guy that doesn't want to do it, but I think he needs to you know, understand his role and what his role is going to be for next year. My, my biggest, my biggest thing is if you're bringing in Jack Quinn and you're bringing in Paterka next year, then Victor Olison is, is definitely gone for me. And I, and listen to what I'm going to say. I want to be very, very, very clear. Victor Olson is a very, very good hockey player. He is a very skilled hockey player. He's got a world-class shot. He can pr- produce points. Yes, he can. But you're not winning with him. You are not going to win with him because he is soft in the way that he plays the game. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. He's not going to the front of the net. He's not going to sit there to screen goaltender. You know where he is? He's up high being the guy who's going to take the one-timer, who's going to take the shot. Everybody else is going to go to the net so he can get the shot. Hey, you the can tell the is, guys. You can tell the guys in the playoffs right now by watching who are the ones that are really forcing themselves to go to that area and the ones who just go there naturally, right? And the ones that are forcing themselves to go there, it's because they don't have a choice. But you can tell there's a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, apprehensive about going. And there's not a lot of them. And there's not a lot of them. And that's why there's the, that's why they're the four teams that are left. Just want to be very clear. I'm going to say it one more freaking time because I don't want anybody emailing me or tweeting the show. I think that Victor Olsen is a very, very good hockey player. Okay. I think he's very skilled. He skates well. He moves the puck well. He does a lot of great things. But on our team in particular, when you're looking at Tuck, Skinner, um, uh, Thompson, Cousins, Quinn, Paterka, we need a different style of player. You cannot have the same player all throughout your lineup. There's got to be a little bit different. And I love Victor Olofsson, but I think he can be a piece that another team is going to say, wow, holy crap, we got an opportunity to pick up this kid. He's super skilled. He's young. He can score goals. He would be a great asset for our team. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Here are the interchangeables before we get out of here. On, on forward, Henestroza, Hayden, Eakin, Olofsson, Asplund, Bjork. If you, you can upgrade in those, those, you can upgrade there. There are players on the forward spots right there that you can upgrade. Uh, tonight, Edmonton, Colorado, is it over, yes or no? And then we're, hit, we're heading out of here. 
Oh, most definitely. I mean, does it end tonight or oh, the, most definitely? You most think it's definitely straight? Okay. Listen, Edmonton is not. It's not a great defending hockey team, and and you know what? They're 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 super competitive because they have two of the very best players in the world on on one team, and one of those guys throughout the sixty minute game is usually on the ice. Okay, um, Colorado is a monster. They are a deep monster. They're they're you know defensively they're strong offensively they're strong they're key players in their lineup in Langdeskog, Rantanen and McKinnon and Kale McCarr are are all healthy and doing great and they're going to match up against another monster on the other side of McDavid and Dreisaitl but you're also taking you're also taking the number one scorer in the playoffs out of the game and he brings a lot of physical play, nasty play. He goes to the net. He's a shooter. Evander Kane is going to be missed in the Edmonton lineup. This could be probably the easiest game that Colorado is going to play. I, I do believe that. That's, you know, and, and it's not no disrespect to Edmonton. They've had a great, great season, but I do not see them winning this hockey game. I hope you're wrong because I wouldn't mind another game, but I have a feeling you're right. And I guess we'll. And you know what? They're going to win. Colorado's going to go back and they're going to get healthy. They're going to take some time off. They're going to allow their body for two, three, four, five days. Are 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 just going to be waiting for the Stanley Cup Finals. Might it's not gonna work be fun to see this Edmund the 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 other. I I was watching the Rangers go up two nothing, and I said to myself, "This team can win the Stanley Cup. This team's makeup, the goaltending, their defense core, and their offense with sandpaper. This team can win the Stanley Cup." They're going to knock off the defending champion, two-time defending champions, and then all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, three goals. Old Polotsky just buries one with, what, five minutes left in the third, and you're just sitting there going, I don't know who's going to win this series now. Tampa Bay is not going away. No, they're not going to go away quietly, but the Rangers are going to win the series. I mean, it's the Rangers you cannot say that the Rangers won't make Colorado that Edmonton the Rangers will not guaranteed. make that mistake again. They'll get up again in game four and they'll hold on to it. Tampa just Tampa doesn't. The thing is, they, they're so familiar with this. They've been in pressure situations. The Rangers learned a valuable lesson. They learned it against Pittsburgh. They're, they, they're going to they learned it yesterday. It's not going to be all the players on Edmonton or on the Rangers that won a Stanley Cup. Uh, well, they've been there before, right? Well, that's right. They haven't been there. That's they what I'm telling been there you. Before. That's what I'm telling you. So, so, so Tampa had an advantage. They they where, don't. That's right. Where's yeah. where's the pedigree? Where is the winning pedigree on the Rangers side? They have like one or two players. One guy. Yeah. No. And that guy played on Tampa Bay. Yeah. For two winning Stanley Cups. Well, it's got to end at some point. 
right? It's got to end at some point. So you know what? They yeah. learned a valuable lesson and, and I don't think it'll come back and haunt them. That's my prediction. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at The Instigator 76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.